Everybody and welcome to Heads on Table. (laughs) But seriously, uh, this is our spooky, spooky Halloween episode of Head to Table. I am Tom Snowden, and I am Tom Gorson. (laughs) I'm not certain I know who that is. Maybe, maybe you've got a wrong number. I am I, the chilling spectre of podcasts past. Uh, yeah, I'm more worried about podcast future at this point. I want <laughs> to suck your HP. <laughs> now I'm worrying about podcast present. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good joke. Okay, Tom. So in our continuing library, uh, which is steadily filling up with all of the possible jargon of tabletop role-playing games. Yes. I was wondering, uh, for this week's Tom and Tom Game Nomicon. The spooky grimoire. Indeed. If, in keeping with uh, today's theme of, of Halloween, you would be willing to explain to us what character death means, and why the player must die also. <laughs> Oh, I had a witch's cackle there entirely by accident. Uh, character death. So, as you might guess, this is when the uh, the player, the character they're playing as, dies uh, during the course of the game. Their health reaches zero, their story comes to an end. And uh, depending on the GM's decision, some games you might run as a really harsh one where that set you're out. Other games might, you know, allow you to come back with some chilling cost and some dark mission into the recesses of hell. Um, however, I know certainly you as a GM have this hard and fast rule where at the start of any game, you just put a loaded gun down on the table and to like force <laughs> us to have good decisions, you say, if you fuck this up, I'll fuck you up. And then you yeah. like, you just fire a shot into the ceiling as like a just warning. To- be clear to to any law enforcement listening. I, I don't own a firearm. <laughs> Are you uh, ready for my for my All Hallows Eve pitch? Ooh, a, I am ready. <laughs> so this week, Tom, I thought I was thinking about Halloween in general and the fun uh, and and joy of dressing up to go out trick or treating mm-hmm. as your favorite. You know, it used to be it used to be your favorite just monster. These days it's your favorite obscure or oblique reference. <laughs> um, so that you know, at least everybody in the neighborhood has to ask like what exactly are you? And you know, I'm like I'm a vague feeling of ennui. <laughs> um but but I was thinking in general about whether we could make a role playing game that captured the joy of uh, of trick or treating. But then my brain, as usual, got to thinking a little further and putting a putting a twist on that, a little bit of a panache <laughs> on that. And I thought, what about if the neighbourhood we were trick or treating in was a neighbourhood of monsters themselves? Oh, that's good. Yes, I like that interesting twist on that. How how to scare the scary monsters? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the natural question there is, what are monsters scared of, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's exactly that. What scares the scarecrow? Yeah. Like, what does, <laughs> what does Dracula have to fear? He seems to constantly Sunlight. just own property already. 
He doesn't seem to eat normal food. Like he doesn't have any Wait, need I think for money. You just, you just raised primarily the two main millennial concerns. <laughs> yeah, I, I've revealed my hand there. Has nothing to be afraid of. He, he owns property, and his, <laughs> his, his food stuff choices are real simple. I end a day when it comes out like the dream life. It's just one where I have no outgoing expenses. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess garlic. Obviously, that's that's the obvious one. Garlic, sunlight, and apparently Christianity seem yeah. to be the, uh, the the major ones. In I the, get in garlic. The... I get the others. I get how it developed. Right, the idea of oh, the Holy Spirit vanquishes evil, and the idea of like oh, only the the bright light of day and the light of justice can keep this evil at bay. But garlic, like, are we I supposed... feel like maybe you know Bram Stoker was just good pals with some garlic salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon really this is all a ploy from Big Garlic. <laughs> just yeah, really trying to, to push their agenda on the nation that was their garlic bulb moment <laughs> oh very good very wry so i think you're right i think they would not be afraid of the same supernatural terrifying things that that we would be afraid of mm. so maybe maybe instead the inversion is that that they're afraid of of the kind of mundane everyday stuff that that we experience oh god maybe, yeah Maybe Dracula's underlying terror is tax accountants. <laughs> well, okay, I suppose if we're going to gamify this, we need to start with what is the player objective? And I think the player objective when trick-or-treating is to gain sweets. Get them treats. Exactly, to, to gain candy, as they say in the new world. Mm, um, indeed. So that's a clear objective. So I suppose in that, that regard, it's all about successfully... Yeah, well, in real life, it's not about actually scaring people, right? That's actually a way to not really get sweet. It's about being like a really sweet kid in a cute costume. That's true. But I think maybe in a, in a society of monsters, they would respect a good spook. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, exactly. And maybe that's maybe that's cute to them. Maybe that's yeah, endearing. Yeah, exactly. If I actually managed to scare Frankenstein's monster, he'd be like, oh, nice one. How, how, how darling of way. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, gotta got to respect another spooker. Have some have some fun sized skittles. He watches the ring and he's just like Kawaii. <laughs> okay then. So the game objective is to scare your people from door to door, and obviously depending on how well you scare them, for this for the game sense, we'll say that translates to more treats being accrued, right? And mm. the more treats, the better. I suppose you could almost, if you did it as like a competitive game amongst players, it's whoever gets the most sweets wins. I suppose. Um, all I can think right now is somewhere in the game mechanic, there has to be something about reaching into a dice bag and pulling a mystery die out. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I know, right? I thought that's so, so too. That's so good. And then if you have it on hard mode, you can put razor blades in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've all got to go to any just, together. Just like the 90s fear around Halloween. <laughs> so something about reaching into a bag and not quite knowing what you're getting this feels like probability a level but then also i think a lot of this fun in this game is choosing your costume right and developing the costume yes that's the important bit yeah and that has to have serious narrative and mechanical effects yeah definitely i wonder if it's something like you have a, a, a bag of mixed dice in some way and perhaps you you reach into the bag and pull out some dice and somehow these dice represent in some way, this is information that then helps you build your costume. Yeah, I don't know. All I'm thinking about in my head as you say all of this is the idea of reaching into the bag. And I, I personally have a lot of, you know, 
wacky and multicolored dice. Yeah. And the notion of drawing them out and getting like a, a wacky costume from the uh you know, the sort yes. of colorations of it, the design of it a little bit. Oh my god. From the uh, Yeah, I wonder if you can't like um maybe the dice you have somehow informs what your costume is. Yeah, that'd be so good. Like I wonder if there's not some tables here where you roll you you pull out three three dice maybe and then a table sort of tells you what things you have there to build a costume out of. I'm not sure exactly what that table says there. Like maybe one is like a, a mundane kitchen object. The other is... <laughs> this is going to be mo- a very... <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, no, I see what you mean. Like the idea of like, what can I build out of this? Like some of them might be like quite vague and maybe not helpful, but then other ones mm. might be more specific, like, oh, a, a mask of whatever of your choosing. or um, And since it's a fantastical mm. universe, maybe there can be some like mad implements here like maybe you can get some sort of spectral entity to to appear around you or something or you know disguise magic or something i don't know what, what do you think of that yeah no i, I think I, I think i like it i'm, I'm kind of um yeah so, so maybe it could be something like the faces of the dice dictate like two or three items of clothing that 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 uh or types of items of clothing that 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 object can be um so like you say something like a mask uh so you know it could be you draw you draw a d6 and that means it's a mask a pair of shoes or a i don't know a a fancy belt (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. and the idea is then you roll that dice uh and that gives you some amount say of like how beguiling that object of clothing is or like Mm. how how potent it is somehow yes and then you steadily build up an outfit and then the color of the dice gives you some information about what it looks like I like it. I just want, like, that seems to go in the opposite direction then of, like, spooking the monsters with mundaneness. But maybe that's okay. Like, let's, let's, hmm, I think it's more yeah. fun to build something that's, like, genuinely scary. Because I think a monster would still acknowledge what is and isn't scary, right? I guess if there were to be mundane things, it could just be random objects from the Matalan catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. So let's lock that down. So your idea is you reach into a bag of mixed dice, you pull out X number of dice... And these dice all represent a different item of clothing in some way. So I think I think each uh, denomination of dice uh, has a couple of items of clothing it can represent. So if you get three D fours, that doesn't mean you're wearing uh, four different, you know, three different sweaters. Yeah, it means you're like three different jumpers. It means you've got uh, a couple of things you can choose for them to be. Yeah. Um, okay, then. So let's talk about what that would be. So we got D fours, D six, D eight. D10, D12, D20. So that gives us six different sort of varieties. Then you're saying uh, so six, yeah, six different varieties of dice, um, and then and then for each of those, let's say that there can be three different items of clothing or two. For example, a D4 could be some kind of claws or gloves, like gloves maybe, uh, some kind of costume gloves or some kind of scarf. Or I see what you're getting at. Some kind of belt. So that could be the D4. I like right? it. All this talk of like designing costumes. Tom, this leads me on to something. Now, listen, I've been keeping an eye on, you know, uh, the Twitter, the email, and like just the thousands of fans pouring it. And they're all saying one thing, Tom, and one thing only. You know what that is? Um, maybe just kind of stop. Uh, you're hurting my ears. <laughs> no. Well, how, how, did, how did this get into P- my uh, people podcast are feed? People for more of our number one feature of Gore and the Four, Tom. Oh, God. Do you remember okay. Gore and the Four from episode three? 
Yep, I remember Gore in the Four. Well, Tom, I've been keeping up to date with um, all of the latest, by which I mean latest from about 20 years ago, Gore News. And Tom, <laughs> are you ready to play the next section of Gore in the Four? Does it even matter if I'm ready? Play the music. Let's play Gore in the Four. Let's play Gore in the Four. Yeah, I took the initiative and creating the internet. Yes, it's Gore in the Four, the trivia segment of the show where I ask you, our contestant, Tom Snowden, which of these four costumes was not worn by Al Gore? <laughs> or at least not worn to my knowledge, should we say. Okay, okay. Not not findable on a cursory uh, exactly. Google search. Exactly, Google search of Al Gore Halloween <laughs> costumes. No Googling, by the way. Okay, my, my hands are away from the Google. Okay, which of these four costumes was not worn by former Vice President Al Gore? Option one, cartoon canine superhero The Underdog. Option two, The Beast from Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Option three, George W. Bush. Or option four, a mummy. Wow. Mm. Um, I don't know. What, what, what is Underdog? Underdog is a cartoon character from like 60s, 70s, where he was just like this unassuming dog in like a... It's an anthropomorphic dog, basically, who lived in a dog world. And he was a shoe shiner. And every now and then when there was trouble, he would ma- transform into the superhero Underdog and go fight crime. What? S- sorry, he was a dog that was a su- shoe shiner that was also a superhero. Yeah, it's a pretty convoluted law, really. Um, Wait, but do dogs wear shoes in this world? Yeah, in this part of the law they do. I never thought of that. That's a really good point. But more specifically, actually, if I remember rightly, he only transformed when his dog girlfriend was in trouble. If any other dog was in trouble, it didn't seem to really matter. Okay, I don't see your your pure and innocent mind making up such a... a uh, uh, a clearly sordid and terrible law as underdog. So I'm going to trust you that that, that exists. Um, and I'm going to assume that, that Al Gore might have resisted the urge to, to accidentally cause political controversy by, by uh, impersonating George, uh, George W. Bush. So I'm going to say the answer in this week's Gore in the Four is George W. Bush. Tom, that's two for two. I tell you what, you oh! you know you're Al Gore. Let's say that. Whew. We share one mind. We're a, we're a hive entity. Yeah, well, I'm impressed. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all those other three options, I'll post to Twitter now, once this episode is up, uh, an image of Al Gore in those three other costumes. <laughs> you, you've absolutely smashed it, Tom. Well done for once again completing Gore and the Four. Thank you. Well, that should uh, appease the fans for a little longer. So back to the game. We've got this idea where you pull some dice out uh, and then you build a costume out of those. So I I like the idea of you arrive at someone's door. The GM tells you, or the SM, the spook master, tells you you exactly whose door you're at. You then reach into the bag, take out your dice, build a costume out of that. Maybe you're allowed to... Perhaps you pick a handful, but you're only allowed to choose three elements. Does that sound fair? Just sort of yes. limit it in some way? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and then what happens with the spooking, though? Ah, oh, man, I, I, this is the problem. Like, I, I kind of got too caught up in just the, the joyous uh, 
the joyous idea of you know a, a character design screen where I just roll, pick these dice, and get to create a ridiculous outfit. Um, now you've got me on the uh, on the actual mechanics of a of a real spooking game. Okay, so how about this? Maybe maybe the D twenties, so the highest amount of numbers possible. There, maybe they represent like a a big a big risk in some way, like the scariest elements. And maybe there's something about if you roll, it should be like a 50, I think that is you then roll the dice that make up your costume, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, like somehow, assuming. maybe like either the even and odds, or maybe it's the, the top half and the lower half of the number range are like pluses and minuses towards your final scary score, if you see what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe the top half. So on the case of a D20, that's 11 to 20. On the case of a D8, that's 5 to 8, etc. They represent plus values. And on the bottom half, that is a negative value. Okay. Yeah? So I reckon you, you roll the dice that make up your costume, you come to your sum total, and that then represents your, your final spooky score, maybe? Mm. It's, it's quite simplified. I, I like the idea of that no, being like it a is, risk. No, it is simple. I think, I, think that, I think that does seem like a a good way to, to make it kind of nice and simple. And then we can embellish stuff on top of that. So, so for example, like, you know, the thing that that's sort of not in there that, that I'd like to see in there is, is maybe some mechanic for, you know, if we select the, like a really good item of clothing that happens to be especially scary to whatever um, monstrous neighbor we find ourselves uh, approaching. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's some kind of way in which we get to like roll that dice twice and take the higher score or like yeah I see what you mean we we just need to bring a, a narrative element back in because at the moment it's just yeah build your costume then roll the dice and maybe there's some degree of like neighborhood gossip meter that you can use to learn information about particular types of fashion they're vulnerable to <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah like some inquiry beforehand maybe. Yeah, maybe that's almost done in almost flashback form. Mm. Yeah, okay, I like it. To be a successful uh it, to be a successful trick or treater in Monsterville, you have to do your research. Hours and hours of uh, careful uh, <laughs> PI work yeah, pounding to, the pavement to secure to secure the best scares. Okay, I like that. So maybe maybe we just play that out as a uh, as a narrative bit beforehand to help get a bit of information. I like that. Um and maybe we should just pinch like a um the classic powered by the apocalypse mechanism for that for just basic while you're doing stuff or like successes partial successes yeah okay i think i think that makes sense so so every so for every single house you approach we maybe have a historical scene yeah that you describe how you how you went through it maybe reserved like just a very simple uh 2d6 mechanic for that for for narrating that that sequence of events um what do you think Wait, for which seek For the flashbacks? So for the flashbacks, I'm just wondering how you... Because your, your idea is that you have these tokens that you can spend to, like, just auto-succeed, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah, so actually you can do it. So these tokens, you're allowed to narrate some checks uh, as flashback sequences, but then you can use a token to turn a failure into a success. Yeah, that makes more sense, actually, I think. I like that more. And yeah, we'll just use a, a 2d6 mechanism that for that, I think. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's just do a summary to check we're all back on uh, <laughs> on the same page here. So the objective of the game is to get a high score in some case, you know, a, a total number of, of can do points or something. 
Uh, and so what happens is, as a, a young monster tyke, you go up to a door, the GM will tell you whose door you're at. You are then welcome to go into a sort of flashback sequence where you can play out narratively with the GM something you're doing to try and, you know, have, have gotten some information on the fears of that particular monster. And during that narrative sequence, any checks you do uses the Powered by the Apocalypse system. What that means is any attempt you do is about a rolling 2d6. A 10, 11, 12 is a success. You've succeeded at trying to, whatever the check is. A 9, 8, 7, if I'm right, is a mixed success. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the remaining 2 to 6 is a failure. Um, if you want to, though, you can turn a mixed success or a failure into a complete success by using a token, and everyone starts with five, let's say, for the sake of it. Anyway, you finish your flashback. For, for, an, for an abbreviated game amongst us, I think maybe two or three is probably... Yeah, fair, that's true, yeah. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's say three then, for the sake of it. Um, okay. And the GM then decides when you, you've had enough, perhaps it is timed in some way, the flashback ends. You then reach into a dice bag, you pull out a hand of dice, and you pick three of those to use as your costume elements. Now, we're going to design a table that each, each die can be one of three costume elements. So you pick out from the, the dice that you've pulled from the bag three costume elements, you explain the costume you're drawing, and then you begin the spook. You roll those three <laughs> dice, uh, you work out the final score, and so what you do is you each die can have a plus or a negative value. If it's on the upper half of its possible values, you add that to the score. If it's in the bottom half of the negative values, you minus that from the score with a minimum of zero, I suppose. And then that is your, your candy score in some way. Yeah, so yeah, that, that gives you that gives you candy. And if you if you have a um, if you have a piece of research that's leading to that that uh, that item of clothing being a definite spook for them, that's just a guaranteed plus. Is the, nice. Is the way yeah, whatever you it, roll, it's a definite plus. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to roll it. It's just is there. It's a it's a plus for you. Um, okay, Fantastic. I think I really like this. Yeah, me so, too. The other the other mechanic the only other mechanic that that's that's crucial here is that color patination things like that of your dice have to feed in to the uh the, to the description of your costume uh, <laughs> and quite how wonderful you're looking in your uh, in your particular right, get up right what I, what I like about this particular trick-or-treat neighborhood is there is rapid costume changes between every house <laughs> yeah, every single household <laughs> Just like, to make sure it's as spooky as possible your parents are like walking behind you with a quick like change <laughs> closet for you to like that's so swiftly good. adjust on the fly that's very good oh i love making halloween spooky games i've actually yeah. got a really spooky halloween game i've been playing at home recently tom okay what is it the the light bulb in my bathroom is broken <laughs> so i've been having showers in the dark recently just lit by my the torch on my phone replacing a light bulb seems pretty trivial nah, it's one of these weird light bulbs man where it's like a, a little circular thing and i can't find it in shops um i've googled it and i found it i just haven't bought a bulb yet um yeah. so yeah at the moment I, I like an evening shower so i put the light on my torch and then all the condensation's going it makes this like weird moonlight mistiness it's a really nice spooky aesthetic for my evening showers <laughs> okay well uh as long as as long as it's not too hitchcockian we'll uh, we should be fine <laughs> Okay, we we need a name for our Halloween game here. We've designed the game. Uh, what shall we call it? Can we do some kind of pun on trick or treat or something on die for, you know, a die, obviously, a dice? Mm, mm, that's good. But I also want to emphasize fashion in this somehow. Yes, yeah. Uh, An outfit to die for. 
Mm, that is pretty good. It's all right. Thank you for the compliment, though. Um, hmm. How about Spooky Town's Next Top Model? What? It's like America's <laughs> Next Top Model, but it's Spooky Town's Next Top Model. Mm. Again, not That's... really true. Something like um, Wear and Scare. Wear and Scare? Wear and Scare is getting pretty damn good. Yeah. How about the Magical Dice Boys Fantastic Spook Stravaganza? <laughs> um, that doesn't seem to really help with anything. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No such thing as a bad idea. Um, no, no. That is That is true. That is true. How about... Head to Table presents Halloween. Boo! The game Ooh, that got that got me. <laughs> Boo the game. Boo the game. Um, no, no. Uh, uh, all right. Um, how about Trick or Treat Dice Guys edition? That kind of works. Or Dice Trick or Treat Trick or dice Treat guys. Dice Guises. Yeah, Trick or Treat Dice Guises. I think that's pretty good. It's perfect. Marvelous. In that case, Tom, <laughs> let's head. To table. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trick or Treat Dice Guises and our first ever playtest of the spookiest game on the market. <laughs> Um, so whilst we were briefly off air there in that, in that, that, you know, what was no, 10 seconds, uh, we managed to brainstorm and come up <laughs> with all manner of, of objects at a table to go alongside the dice. So to remind you here for, for every single dice that you draw, there are three possible items that you can add to your outfit. So to go through them quickly for a D4, we decided that they could include, uh, jewelry, uh, some household item that might be, you know, just a sort of random piece of bric-a-brac that you can take with you, uh, and some kind of pamphlet or uh, or literature that they, they might be interested in. Indeed, a D6, so we're getting better the bigger the die goes. A D6, you can employ either a smell, uh, a belt item, or a logo of some kind. Okay, a D8, uh, we decided, is going to be either footwear... Uh, trousers or, or pants for our, our cousins uh, in the Western lands, um, or some kind of gloves. Uh, a D10, and this is where things start to get really useful now. You can either have a hat of some kind, a haircut of some variety, or a jacket or coat of, of some kind. Uh, D12, things are getting pretty proficient now. So we have a toy weapon um, that you could have, uh, a mask of some description, and also an accent that you can adopt. <laughs> And lastly, the D20, your most powerful tools to employ. Uh, you can have either some audio of some kind as part of your outfit, uh, some pyrotechnics element, or lastly, an animal companion as part of the outfit. Mm. <laughs> okay then, Tom, uh, let's get a game going, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well then, Tom, I will be your, uh, your fright master. For uh, for today, Ooh. do you really want? Do you really want SM? Do you really want Spookmaster? I like Frightmaster sure more I've... now. Good, good. Okay, Tom. Uh, so you come from actually a relatively, and I say relatively, I mean extremely well-heeled and well-to-do neighbourhood on the uh, the west coast of America. Nice. Um, 
this this area is is popular with celebrities uh, and and famous uh, monster folk who who walk amongst us and live amongst us at all times. So yeah, there you have a you have a collection of large mansions that you will be approaching this evening. There are various other kids uh, strolling around uh, in their in their various lame looking outfits, <laughs> nowhere near as as uh, profoundly disturbing as yours will be, yeah. I'm sure. And most of them are sort of having to wait at the uh, the gates to be bleeped through to these, uh, these <laughs> private these private mansions. Um, but yeah, you're you're with your uh, well, yeah. Describe who you are with, um, friend, and who exactly you are. Well, I am Friedrich von Fright. Uh, I am a seven hundred year old vampire. However, I was bitten <laughs> when I was twelve, so I still wow. look like a like a 12 year old boy uh, and i've just been get, doing the trick or treat in every year just getting loads of sweets because everyone still thinks i'm like <laughs> a cute kid when actually i'm 700 years old do you, do you eat the sweets or do you only eat sweets that contain blood no that, that, that that's 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 a lie like yeah i eat blood to live but i, I like a sweet snack as much as the next person <laughs> okay well good nice so uh, and i have my magical bag of holding with me which contains like a whole plethora mm. like a wardrobe of goods uh, ready to like get the spooky costume for whatever means necessary to maximize my candy income. Uh, so, who, whose house is first on the agenda? Very good. I like the idea of this trans-dimensional changing room. <laughs> uh, it's probably uh, it's probably some kind of ensorcelled uh, uh, assistant who exists in there as well to <laughs> help you help you try on the items and be like, it looks very good, sir. <laughs> okay, so the first house you're approaching. Uh, He's, he's he's on everyone's lips at the moment. He's a he's a popular uh, celebrity, uh, a hip hop star in his own right, uh, and also a strange figure, um, a body of a bull with a human head, parts of a mixture of a lion and with the massive bird wings that spread out from his back. Being all the rage recently, uh, he goes by the name Kendrick Lamassu. <laughs> uh, uh, and you, you've been you've been buzzed through to his gates. Uh, you can see there's sort of uh, yeah various sort of uh, pumpkins, jack o' lanterns been left out on the side of the thing. Uh, a couple of scarecrows and spooky stuff on the side. Uh, and you can see above you this this large mansion with a with a, a, a large like landing balcony for when he goes on his his swooping flights around the around the neighbourhood. You know he he there's a there's a nearby neighbour whose whose car he always shits on every morning. He claims it's an accident, but gossip around town is that this is a, a bit of a, a bit of a vendetta <laughs> that's fantastic okay well i'm going to begin my flashback to try and see what i remember of uh of something that might scare him so um i'm going to think back to what i did is actually i dressed up as a uh, as a very small uh window cleaner and uh i i, I go around to his house and I, and I knock on his door Okay, so this, 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 this is the, a flashback uh, to a few yeah, days previously to... when I was on my sort of spooky fact-finding mission. Okay, uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think you wait a while and you hear a, you hear a sort of coming, coming, uh, and then like, this kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, and a few moments later, the door is opened. Uh, similarly, it has some kind of like rope on the back. He doesn't have arms so much as just this large Assyrian type head with a, a large cascading beard below it, um, which he seems to have arranged in some kind of uh, tight coils uh, beneath his chin. Uh, and yeah, he's opened this door and you you see ahead of you uh, Kendrick Lamassu. Uh, <laughs> 
famous hip hop star and uh, and Lamassu. I I look down at a clipboard. I've got to say, uh, is this uh, Mr. Lamassu? He sort of uh, peers at you over his his uh, his sunglasses and he's like, "Yeah, can't you tell me? Don't you know who I am? Oh, s- Why? Sorry, sir. I- how did you even get in I'm here? More of a, who bust you through? I'm more of a country guy myself. Uh, so uh, the agency sent me. I'm here uh, cleaning your windows. I'm just about to get started, if that's okay. Uh, roll a roll. I think you're going to have to roll something to see if he's convinced by your, your ruse. Okay, here's he's my like, two I think he says, I think he says, uh, you don't look much like a window cleaner. You look like a, <laughs> a kind of weirdly old child. <laughs> I roll an eight. That is a mixed success. He sort of says like, hmm, all right, but you can start with my uh, my roostery windows. It's over there. Roostery windows. A- Very good, sir. Is there any uh, rooms you particularly don't want me looking in? He's like, uh, uh, I think on the mixed success, he just sort of, he just sort of says, just focus on the roostery and then shuts the oh, door. Oh, yes, sir. And sure enough, I, uh, I pull the ladder out of my bag of holding and I head up to the roostery and I peer in to see what I can spy. It's just filled with uh, with straw strewn all over the place. Various uh, sort of other lamassus. You're assuming they're, they're female, but they also have beards. But yeah, otherwise he's just a, it just seems like a, a like a large kind of straw-laden room. Okay, I'm going to... Um hoist up the window and I say uh, hey uh, excuse me there my, my fellow Lamassus uh, well not fellow I'm not actually a Lamassu I'm a human <laughs> window cleaner um, hey uh, so yeah? I, I'm not actually a window cleaner I'm actually uh, preparing a surprise party uh, two of them sort of have trotted over and they're kind of like looking at you through the window like are you, are you a child? <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah no, no fooling you should you be on that ladder? Who's who's holding your ladder down uh, there? Listen, long story. Basically, uh, this you know, seems like it's in contravention of basic like uh, health and safety code. <laughs> <laughs> and like the other one turns to her and is like, "Yeah, that's right, Denise. I mean, you work down at City Hall. Uh, this seems uh, this seems pretty look, illegal. Look, it's all in order. I, I can actually fly. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm well, safe. Wait, but, wait. But, and then another one sort of has trotted forward. It's like." Is is that child working? I, <laughs> please, I please. For the, UN, the UN Child Commission and child labor's no joke. I say, uh, uh, I'm 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 not a I'm not a child. I'm a seven hundred year old vampire. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, uh, listen, I see it now. Uh, me and some of the some of the uh, other monsters were preparing a surprise party. Uh, for Lamassu, and uh, listen, we, we, we're trying to work on a theme. Uh, we got a few ideas. Are there any themes we absolutely must not do? Is there anything that Lamassu just hates completely? I just don't want to scare the guy on his birthday. Obviously, <laughs> you know. They're, she's, they're sort of uh, they're sort of looking at one another. Um, uh, roll a roll a persuasion. Roll another two d six to see how you do. Oh my god! I got two sixes. That's a twelve. Oh That's my a god! Full success. They kind of nod at one another and smile, and they're like, "They're like, wow, a party! That'll be exciting." Um, well, the only thing that most Lamassus, including us, are really deadly afraid of is is being turned into marble statues. <laughs> anything, anything in general with marble, it's it's pretty terrifying. Have you seen the depictions they did of us? 
weird, weird shit, Demosirians. I say, I say, marble. I write that down on my clipboard. I'm like, scared of marble. All right. Well, thanks for letting me know, uh, Denise was it. I'll make sure that uh, we don't give him a good fright. Anyway, I best be going now and finishing up these windows. I'll catch you girls later, okay? See ya. Bye. Bye bye. And thus my flashback ends. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, marble. And now, Tom, I am reaching into my dice bag to draw some dice from which to, to build my costume. Okay, perfect. Okay, what have I got here? I've got D6, D10, and D12. So, something to do with marble. Um, okay, I think the first thing I'll do is I'll use a D10 as one of my three for a haircut. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to style my hair into snakes in some kind. I'm going to like braid bits of my long vampiric hair uh, with some wax and stuff. I'm going to try to shape them into uh, some, some snakes on top of Ooh. my hair. Okay. Okay, impressive. Uh, the next thing I will do is um, use a D6 as part of a belt, and I'm going to use that belt instead as like a, like a, a bandolier strap um, of, a, of a toga in some way. It's like there's like a... a, a band holds my toga up basically i'm going for this greek kind of look okay uh you might be able to see what i'm what i'm yeah, doing yeah i can here. see what you're going I and can see uh, you're going. lastly i'm going to use my d12 for an accent and i'm going to use it to apply like a sort of hissing sound of a oh, spooky gorgon <laughs> very very smart very clever tom uh so yeah uh you sure enough um, have disguised yourself um, in the in the uh, the form of uh, Medusa herself, uh, one of one of the Gorgon sisters. Um, snakes for hair and the ability to turn flesh to stone. Precisely. Uh, uh, so yeah, I guess you you march forward up uh, Kendrick Lamassu's drive. I uh, do. Past uh, past his various fancy cars uh, and arrive at his door uh, and and uh, again ring the bell. Uh, and sure enough, a few moments later, Kendrick Lavasu uh, comes to the door, seemingly holding a, a bucket of sweets ready for uh, to open the door and be surprised by a trick or treat. He yanks open the door, uh, and you see like a like a terrifying look of a uh, look of sickness on his face as he drops the bucket of sweets almost and goes to grasp for a, a nearby um, defensive mirror he keeps at all times <laughs> next to the door just, just in case, in case of gorgon just attack. in case of like gorgons or basilisks um, so yeah let's roll those dice and see how well sure, you did and i say eternity of stone or treat and i roll very well, Tom. It's all positives here. Oh, gosh. I got a 12, plus a 9 is 21, plus a 4 is 25. Wow. Okay, nice. So, yeah, I think he's like a, you got me good, kid. Good kid, mad city. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mad spooky city. And he's like, hmm, that gives me an idea. <laughs> and he's like, take as many candies as you like. <laughs> Uh, I'll say, I'll take exactly 25, please. <laughs> I feel that is what I am due. That is exactly what is in the, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the stone barrel of sweets he brought to you. <laughs> well, I think I stuff my pillowcase full of 25 sweets 
And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cheers, I love bye. the way you have a bag of holding for costumes and yet you're, you've got a pillowcase for your sweets. Yeah, it's part of the whole cute kid ploy, you know. Okay, okay. Anyway, and then I move on to the second house. Who is next down the street? So just a little way further down the street is the household of uh, uh, Christina Agul, Hera. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well-known uh, uh, pop songstress um, uh, and uh, and reality star, uh, reality TV star, um, uh, uh, and also infamous uh, undead uh, ravager of corpses. I see. Well, as I climb the stairs to her humble abode, the flashback begins as I remember my preparatory investigation. And what is happening, uh, I am at a Christina Aguilera uh, concert and I've sort of stuck to, I'm trying to like talk my way backstage I'm there with like a, a big bag and I'm like oh hi uh, I've got this uh, sack of a uh, fan mail for for Christina here can you, can you just let me through to the to the dressing room uh, so the 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 backstage here is manned by a a, a lady troll uh, and she sort of she sort of kind of like has to pick you up uh, almost <laughs> by the scruff of your of your clothes to look at you in the light and it's like uh it's like you what say i've got all of uh, christina's fan mail here and gifts and stuff you know i've been told to come and uh, drop them off at her dressing room why deliver now i say oh you know uh, christina would love that after the show to arrive and and find all the stuff afterwards i think it'll really make her day you know? I, I, hey listen i I'm, I'm not a big fan i'm just doing what you know management says hmm this seems like unlikely ploy but <laughs> <laughs> please roll dice I get a seven mixed success. Uh, so the the uh, the troll sort of uh, nods a bit. She's like, um, "We have a vestibule for deliveries. I can just open door and let you in just to there." Uh, and she sort of like a uh, sort of opens the door a little bit and she points to like an area to where you can see there's already been left a bunch of things to uh, to sort of uh, stacked up um, in order to to be there for for Christina when she gets off stage. But yeah, she's sort of watching you, holding the door open. It's just saying, just put down there. Um, I say, uh, okay, here comes all the gifts for Christina. And I sort of watch the child very carefully. Like, first up is your big hand of spiders. <laughs> any, any reaction? <laughs> she She's just sort of scratching her chin, uh, being like, hmm. Agulera does like spiders. I say, ah, oh, I see. Uh, here I've got a spooky little mouse here. Oh, I'm going to put him down here as well. <laughs> Keep that away from me, but Christina is fine with them. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like, ah, uh, okay, well, here I've got a, a pint of human blood. Sounds scrumptious. I'm like, oh, God damn. I'm like, ah, listen, there's a, there's a lot of these gifts here, uh, is there anything I really should know not to leave? Is there anything I should just chuck, you know? I'm, I'm just sorting through them here. Anything I should get rid of? Uh, roll 2d6. Seven again. Mixed success. She sort of like, she sort of shrugs her shoulders and is like, I knew here. I not really know. Mm. Like, if you leave them, I can go ask, I guess. I'm like, ah, damn it. I was like, all right, I'll leave it there. And I think, I think we'll have to leave the flashback there. Um, in just the oh, time, okay. so I, I'm not entirely sure. All I know is that sort of critters here aren't going to be very spooky in any way. Um, but sure enough, okay. Yeah, I think you get sort of those things aren't spooky. Uh, and I think she, uh, yeah, 
yeah, you you know that she's a ghoul as well. I think it's probably the, yeah, the, the some extent ghoul, of your of your knowledge. Ghoul. Okay, I'm drawing some dice in my bag from which to build my costume. Uh, I got a oh, I've got quite an array here. I've got a six, eight, ten, twelve, and twenty. Everything but a d4, really. Very nice. So to pick three elements, what I'm going to do is first of all, uh, I'm going to pick a. I'm going to use my D10 for a hat. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use that as kind of like a, a little halo that I have sort of stuck to the back of my head. So it looks like a little halo floating above my head. Okay. I'm then going to use my D8. And for, for my gloves, I'm going to have some kind of like fine white gloves that sort of stretch up to my elbows um, to accompany that halo. And then finally, for my D20, I'm going to use some pyrotechnics so that when I wave my hands, like light emanates, this bright blinding, it's sort of like magnesium lights from the tips of the fingertips. Essentially, I'm trying to appear as a holy cleric capable of banishing all foul undead from okay. once they came. Okay, very good. And I knock on the door. Okay, you uh, you rap on the door uh, and... Soon enough, uh, you hear the sort of the slow shambling uh, footsteps of uh, of uh, clearly someone undead on the other side, uh, and uh, the door is like like kind of creaks open, and then with sudden force is jammed fully open, and you can see behind it uh, Christina Agul Era uh, sort of looking out at you, being like a, oh hey, that's um. That's a beautiful outfit. I, I I like the magnesium and I say, uh, be banished from this world, foul undead! And I roll. Ooh, smarty. Smart. That's what a girl wants. Damn it. Also, I rolled very poorly. I end up with only two. Hmm. I'm not sure I really feel this moment. <laughs> very good. Oh, have you been doing this for a long time and I've only just recognised the Christina Aguilera song? Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, well, I say, oh, that, are you not? Are you not spooked? Uh, she sort of says, like, uh, um, not, not hugely. I mean, uh, a little bit. You, you had me a little bit when you started, uh, uh, you know, where you were about to say the Lord's prayer and stuff. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that these days. I've, I've, I've made my peace with God. Say, uh, she says. Oh. She, she traces. She sort of from underneath her. her uh, her sweater. She pulls out a, a sort of uh, a fairly gaudy cross, I'm uh, like, and you can see that you can oh. see that like as she holds it with her thumb and thumb and forefinger, there's like a, a slight curling of a uh, of a uh, of like smoke <laughs> rising up. I'm like, oh, damn it! Well, S- still n- nice try. H- here's here's some sweets for your for your effort. What what two sweets does she offer me after hmm. Kendrick's twenty five? Mm, what two sweets would Christine Aguilera have? Um... She she's had custom made sweets uh, okay. for her a day. Uh, one is like a very orangey flavored one uh, that is 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 in the figurine of uh, of a Greek uh, bust, and uh, uh, she says that's a lady marmalade. And then <laughs> the other one she she pulls out is like in a weird little bottle, and you open it in a in a it lets out this this delicious smell, and it's filled with sherbet. And she says, and that's a genie in a bottle. <laughs> fantastic i say okay well I'll, i think like i'll at least get something for these on ebay so i i, I gratefully take them i'm like cheers <laughs> see you next year bye kid <laughs> i'm like what oh uh yeah yeah 
Uh, I reckon maybe we have time for one more house, Tom, before we, we, we bring our, our test run to an end. Okay, very good. Um, so you are now approaching uh, fan favourite's home, the, the gruesome frontage entrails hanging from 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 the side of this of this grisly macabre scene uh you're approaching the house of al all uppercase gore <laughs> we're really pigeonholing ourselves into that weird gore podcast <laughs> hey man if we can just get one fan if, <laughs> if we can just get al to retweet us that'll really get us going so we've all been hoping for okay for- well my flashback begins and i have like I've uh, uh, secretly gone undercover as a, as an intern in Al Gore's office. Okay. Um, and I I knock on his on his door. I say, uh, uh, "Mr. Gore, hey, hey, has has climate change been fixed yet, kid?" I I look at my clipboard. I'm like, uh, "Apparently not, sir." God damn it! <laughs> Where, where's the Teen Gore Squad? <laughs> They're on a mission in uh, Peru, sir. Uh, I've, oh! I've, got, I've got a memo. He throws he throws a coffee at the door just past your head. It smashes my eyes. Don't react. I'm like, oh, I, I got a memo from HR here, sir. We're we're getting the decorations in for uh, for the for the Halloween party. Uh, any any specific requests for a theme? Mm. Well, where's my blue tube? That's <laughs> like glazing around the room. He's like, you can see that he sort of half listen to what you say. Roll roll two d six. A seven again, a mixed success. Um, so he's he's sort of looking around the the room frantically for, for where he's hidden his uh, his blue tube. The, the room is covered in papers, uh, stacks of papers, um, and also like a a um, uh, like a seamstress like like dummy uh, mm. where he seems to be like stitching together a very tight fitting uh, leather <laughs> outfit for some kind of. F- fairly young looking person um, but yeah no you uh you you you, you gaze around uh he he seems he seems sort of like uh he's like he's like you know ju- just the usual stuff just 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 the same things every year you know just just ask dave i uh, i kind of nod slowly i think i've actually learned all i need to learn i'm like i'll ask dave sir and i, and I leave and close the door behind me okay all right, Tom. I'm I'm taking a handful of dice, ready to, from which to to build my costume. Uh, and we have here an eight, two tens, a four, and a twenty. Okay. I am going to first of all, I'm going to use I'm going to use my D four for a pamphlet, um, <laughs> and that pamphlet is going to be advertising the benefits of fracking. Okay. Uh, so okay. that's part one of my of my outfit. Um, I'm then going to use my D20 for some pyrotechnics, where I'm just going to be just just burning a, a small oil lamp uh, constantly <laughs> for no real reason. You just you just got like a you just like wheeled forwards like a like a huge crude oil barrel that's on fire. Yeah, just like fire. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. And then I'm going to use my my D10 for for a jacket, which is just like uh, emblazoned with like a, a, a like a mining company's oh, right across gosh. the back. And essentially, I'm just going to be like a representative for a for a fossil fuel company who's mm. here to like just uh, let let the chap know that we're about to start fracking in his area. Oh God! Okay, he uh, he uh, 
you you uh you go and ring the doorbell uh there's this kind of like it's very gory this 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 scene and as you you press <laughs> yeah. your finger into the doorbell like it squelches with blood uh that dribbles <laughs> down the door frame and instead of like instead of the uh instead of the usual ding dong you just hear like this kind of muffled screams from inside that sounded all too realistic um <laughs> and uh like a few moments later between muffled screams uh al gore swings open the door he's wearing like a like a like a butcher's apron that's that's covered in in blood and bits of flesh uh and he he sort of uh is like it's probably just trick-or-treaters dear and then he turns to look at you and he's like his eyes go wide in, in horror and he's like no the, the oil lobby no no we're gonna start, start operations next week mr gore and there's nothing you can do about it and but, i roll my dice water. <laughs> Uh, and I get uh, an 11, but a minus four still. So it's down to, to just a seven. Okay, okay. So uh, remember, you've succeeded on the on the finding his weakness. So you can choose to turn one of those those negatives into a, into a positive uh, one. In that case, I will turn my negative three into a plus one. So that means I, I finish on 11. Perfect. Um, I wave the pamphlets and I'm like, ah, the planet's getting hotter and I don't care, Al Gore. we got to feel the no, planet somehow. No, no, the, the ice caps. Uh, <laughs> I say, I just got one thing left to say to you, Mr. Gore. He he passes he passes out as you as you begin the words. Uh, oh, gosh. Go ahead and say them. Trick or treat. Uh, and he collapses with a thump uh, against the the floor in the distance. Nice. And you see his you see his wife come out from a uh, from around the corner, also similarly covered in uh, in in gore. So she 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 comes forwards and she's like she's like oh dear he he'll be out until the day after tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <and> she, <laughs> Very good. She she approaches and she she gets the the bowl of candies and offers them forwards and she's like that's an excellent an excellent disguise. You, you sure got him. I got him good. Now give me eleven sweets. <laughs> she she does hand out uh, uh, eleven sustainably farmed, <laughs> uh, flaxseed based. Uh, I'm like, sweets. oh, healthy snacks. Uh, <laughs> you guys are the now, worst. You shouldn't have come to the Gore House if you wanted those unhealthy, terrible sugar poison snacks. I think she laughs as she says that, but that laugh then turns into a cackle and like a, a like a, an <laughs> almighty laugh. It's like she lifts her head back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the camera fades there and we'll end our yep. session. So I finished that game with is it 38 sweets, which I think is pretty good. So pretty you're in a game, we'd see who could end up with the high score really at the end. But in this case, it's you. It was always going to be you. I and this win time it's Halloween. You. Friedrich von Freit wins again. Well, Tom, what did you think of Trick or Treat Dice Skizes? I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I think that... Um, I really like the notion of building your building different costumes. Yeah, that uh, bit's definitely really cool. I think we can maybe do to firm up the rules on how you do flashbacks and make them yeah, more uh, precise. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is I think it will work better in a in a, uh, a like multiplayer scenario where you can kind of vote on uh, on costumes and give each other yeah I agree like points or, or rerolls somehow yeah. for that that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, what did you think? I, I mirror many of the same feelings. Again, like, the game was great. We just have to work out what the game is. 
<laughs> right. Like, need to work on like some of yeah, like the specific details of um, you know, how to how, basically with all these games, there's always gonna be a balancing issue, right? Like because we make them up so quickly, there might be a slight balancing issue. But I think it's a, a great deal of fun. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a good one shot, I think. And uh, yeah, to everyone who has been listening, we wish you all a happy Halloween and uh, hope you get all of the candies or sweets <laughs> or uh, whatever it is that, that your nation calls, uh, <laughs> you know, confectionaries. Uh, <laughs> we really have gone a long way from, from, from what Halloween, I guess, historically was about, because it now does seem to predominantly be about confectionaries. Anyway, uh, Thank you for listening, one and all. Uh, feel free, if you enjoyed our episode, uh, to give us a review on iTunes, maybe follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And of course, thank you to the band Call Me Malcolm for letting us use their music for our intro, outro and middle tro. You can hear more of their stuff on callmemalcolm.bandcamp.com. Uh, and that's Wonderful. all I think I've got to say, Tom. I've been Tom Rawson. Yep. And I've been Tom Snowden. Happy spooking, everyone. Have a chilling Halloween. Whoa, whoa, Tom. Tom, calm down. <laughs> <laughs>